Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 148, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show in Cincinnati, Ohio, dedicated to board gaming. That's right. Our special guests tonight, we've got Darren Reckner and Jason Hager of Dirtle Games. They are the designers of Lauren Logic, which is already funded on Kickstarter from our friends uh, at Weird Giraffe. Carl and Nick, shout out to them. Thank you for uh, for sending these people along with us. But they also have some other spicy hot games to talk about, including one that they've designed that just happens to be in my top six games of the year. So can't wait to talk to them about that. Uh, Gumbo Live, uh, hit us up on social media, on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on Blue Sky, at Board Game Gumbo, or also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Board Game Gumbo, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather, let's get right to our special guests. It's Jason, and it's Darren. Hey, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Howdy. So, you guys are designers. You you know what an elevator pitch is. I don't have to tell you what that is. Give us the elevator pitch. Who is who is Jason and Darren, and what is Dirtle Games? Uh, Dirtle Games is a design duo based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we work together to make game designs, do game development, and uh, generally put out content that we think is engaging and interesting in the gaming world. Yep, yep. we're just having fun making games, and uh, it's been uh, a couple years doing it now, and uh, it's building, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. So my understanding is one of you was actually a pretty top tier pro Magic the Gathering player. Is that right? I don't know. I mean, I, I, be I would, honest. I wouldn't say top tier, but I, I definitely played on the Pro Tour, and I got to play in the Pro Tour of a few other games, and I paid for my college with uh, like competitive card game money. So, right. so it, it was a good time. Quick question: If you had the opportunity to trade a beta black lotus straight up for a revised aspect of wolf isn't that a good deal <laughs> no I'm, I'm, no I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the lotus i i there may be some reason that the revised aspect of the wolf is uh <laughs> is good but uh it could I, be that a very dumb guy from louisiana back in 95 bought bought it for five bucks it was only five dollars and he was trying to put together a wolf deck i mean that seems like a reasonable thing to do Oh and he needed one more aspect of wolf, and it seemed like a good trade at the time. I don't know what they're worth now, but probably, yep. I, probably not I, comparable, right? Um, I only ever had one uh, piece of the Power Nine, and I lost it. <laughs> no idea where it went. That particular deck had a Black Lotus, had uh, uh, three Moxes, so mm -hmm. it, was, it, it was a pretty good deck. But those things, you could, I mean, you could literally buy them for a couple of bucks anywhere. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. They're just. Oh, I mean, to to, to go back and just uh, get a shoebox full. Oh, uh, we got a lot of people checking in. Uh, Dirtle, the Dirtles are out, I'm sure, is what's going on here. We got Beth from Weird Draft Games. Hello, Beth. Thank you for uh, taking care of everything with us to, to get ready for this. And, of course, our friend Evan checking in. We might see Evan later on this season, Steve. That would be kind of cool if we could talk to Evan. Thanks for checking in. And usually one of the first people to check in with us is Patrick down in Texas. Um, going to see Patrick at uh, BGG Con, so, and maybe, maybe even uh, sooner than that. If there's anybody else you recognize as a dirtler, just let us know. Jet Set Lucio says, Dirtle Games in the house. Yeah, that's, that's a dirtler. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
let's let's cut to the chase. What what is a durable? You, you guys are killing me. What is this? Tell tell me all about it. I mean, we'll we can go back to like it's kind of a magic the gathering term, but it's a general game term, especially in like TCGs, where you might construct some deck that does a lot of things, does a lot of combos, but doesn't actually like win the game. And your opponent just is kind of watching you kind of dirtle around and like um it's 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 to waste a bunch of time, not do a lot, but like really enjoy your time doing it. So uh, that's kind of like my natural play pattern, and Darren is kind of the opposite. So sometimes, oh, one, turtle's just a fun word to say. Uh, yeah, it is fun. That side, rabbit side, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a rabbit and I'm the turtle. But also it's a reminder to like not have games like always turtle. Like look for moments of it, but also, you know, keep it keep it on the forefront. Okay, Patrick's got a question, but Patrick, put a pin in that. Hold on one second. Hold on. I've I've got I have opinions on this. <laughs> I've got I've got shtick to do. We're gonna get to that bit in just a second. But back to Durling. So we used to play a lot of Dominion back in the day. I mean a ton of it. And exactly. I just look, there was the, the other guys, I, I'll just say it. The other guys were better than me at it. But there was one particular one where it was one of the ones where the, the decks that the cards that had come out all had bonus actions yep. and draw. Village village Tons smithy, of, village smithy. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So I knew that I was not going to win. So my goal was to have the biggest deck I could get and play every single card in one hand. And so I think I won, even though it was, I scored negative nine points because I kept getting, uh, what was it, the the witch was it? There, there was something that kept getting me curses. So yeah. I ended up with negative nine points, but I ended up playing 40 cards in one hand. To me, that's a win. Come on, Jason. That's awesome. It's important yeah. to find it, to find your fun when you're playing a game, even if it's at others' expense. I just even I if just, it's yeah, others' expense. I couldn't beat it. So, Dirtle Games is a is 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 a studio, right? You guys have your games that you sign with other publishers. One of those we're going to be talking about tonight, Lore and Logic. By the way, already funded people. You guys are the the our chat crew loves uh, weird draft games. Carla has been on the show many Excellent. many many times. We go to conventions with her a, a lot, so. Uh, most of these are probably familiar with it, but this one is a is an inexpensive one. We're going to talk about it all tonight, so make sure you check on that. Uh, Ev, is it Evan over there? In which TCG did you have the highest player ranking? I was oh, in the top like three or four of versus system for a number of years. I was like, I was up there. I I would get cards banned constantly because like we would show up and do really well at a tournament, and then the next tournament that card was not allowed to be played anymore. <laughs> so uh, versus system, the the old like upper deck superhero game i absolutely loved it and uh, i actually got my face on one of the cards <laughs> what yeah the, there's a there is a art by john boy myers out there of uh, the incredible hulk smashing me in the face that is wild yeah. darren did you play any tcgs i did not i came up on uh on tabletop games so bits on boards that sort of thing steve you're so right you're so right i did try to shoot the moon so i did play a lot of tcg games but I'm gonna throw some names, Jason. I don't know if you've even heard of some of these games. It Wyvern? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. I still got a deck right here, by the way. Uh, Wyvern is uh, designed by Mike Fitzgerald. It came oh, around the um, similar time or magic a little bit later, had a different design philosophy. Yeah. In fact, I'm still playing new TCGs all the time. Yeah. And and there was an early um Star Wars one that we used to play. This there's a couple. There was the old Decipher one that was the CCG that everyone loved. And then uh, Wizards took over and there was a TCG one, which I played and I absolutely loved. And and now uh, Star Wars Unlimited comes out next month. Yeah, sure. Game. Th this would have been, I'm this been 95, 96, something like that. So a long time ago, some, some Star Wars one. That's all I remember. We each had like a deck and that was about it. Um, 
We've been playing some Lorcana, Lorcana lately, though. That that's kind of the the hot thing over here. Darren, you, have you have you tried any of the Lorcana yet? Have I've stayed away. <laughs> Jason's laughing at me because I have gotten Lorcana and just sold it immediately. Oh yeah. I had entire uh, starter box of Lorcana, and I don't think I read a single card in the box. Hmm. <laughs> it's been I, fun. I have very strong uh, Lorcana opinions, so <laughs> I like it quite a bit. I've played a lot of games of it. I haven't played the the new set into the Inklands yet. I think it comes I'm out this weekend, right? I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so far, I'm just a dabbler, though. Like, I'll pick up a deck or two, and then me and my nephew will play a little bit, and that's about it. I'm I, I can't consider myself a collector. That's that's too deep of a hole to get into, man. Too deep of a hole. Yep. Let me get uh, Steve in here because I, I I've got to do a, I got to do a bit. So I'll make sure we get Steve in here for the bit. All right, Steve, the name father checking in. Steve we got hey, a lively guys. we got a lively chat. Welcome here, to the man. show. Got a lot. Oh, magic. No, I like Jay's name for it. Magic Kingdom you the do, Gathering is good. You do like Mickey the Gathering instead. DJ Bell calls it Mickey the Gathering, and I think that's a great name for Lorcana. So, yep. Okay, so I want you guys. Have you guys ever heard of the game Rankum? My oh, friends Marty and Tony do so. this game, and Rankum is basically I'm going to give you three things, <clears throat> and all four of us and the chat crew we're going to rank them, and they have something to do with you guys. Okay, hopefully you'll pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, you can rank them in any in any way you want to. You just tell us why you ranked them one, two, three. Okay. So here's the three. You ready? I'm going to butcher these, by the way, Steve, because I didn't yeah, read you them. Are. You are. I, literally, I literally just copied and pasted them from the chat. <laughs> I did not read them, so I don't know how to pronounce them. Okay. The it's not going to stop you from enjoying it, though. No, no, no. no. The first one is Skyline Chili. Hopefully I said that right. Mm -hmm. You okay. did, yep. Yeah. The second one is Grater's Ice Cream. Mm -hmm. Did I pronounce that right? Okay, good. You did, yeah. And the third one is Grippo's Barbecue Potato Chips. Okay, so yep. Steve, tell us, tell them where we got that because obviously it didn't come from me. <laughs> friend of ours in uh, some of our online game groups, but a friend of mine from down the street, um, Jake King, uh, is from Ohio, and their family basically would would feed us cincy things. So there you go. That Jake was feeding us information on that one. Intel. Well, Steve, I think we should. I think you should go first, and then we'll oh, let me. Jason and Darren. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have not had you. any of these things ever, <laughs> but from what I have heard of Skyline Chili, it is a love it or totally leave it. And I was telling BJ beforehand, it strikes me as kind of like Buddy the Elf's version of chili where there's spaghetti and this, that, and the next stuff all over it. Um, and I can't wrap my head around that. So I'm going to put that number three. And then the question just becomes simply for me. Be very ice careful. Ice cream or chips. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, this is, I, I know this is treading on thin ice. Um, but then the question just becomes, is it ice cream or chips for me? And I think it would be chips, the top ice cream second. So I would have Grippo's graders skyline at the bottom. All right. Uh, Jason rank them. Okay. Um, the last one for me is, is um, Grippo's because it's it's okay barbecue and people love it to the point that like the powder that's on it and there's a ton of powder that mm -hmm. they will like, use as like a shaker that they'll put on their other food but i'm i'm kind of a traditional just like snyder's barbecue chips if i'm going uh, barbecue chips so like i i don't love grippos like the, the folks around me uh the second one i would do would be skyline um skyline is in a weird spot um because there's to me there's there's no correct amount of skyline 
where you both like still feel good afterward and you're full. <laughs> you like choose one of these That's roads. Pretty accurate. Yeah. So like my favorite thing there is just cheese conies. It's just like a tiny little hot dog with some like yes. onion sauce. Yes. And yes. So much yep. that it's like twice as high as it should be. And then you eat three of those and then you just like ask yourself questions of like why what are you doing later? What's going on here? You, you had me a cheese coney. I, I I'm in. Yeah. All right, Darren. That, that's a pretty good ranking. Last good one. Job. So Oh, wait, one more? I, I, the top being the graders. Like oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's the winner because they have chip wheelies. They have really good cookies that's with their, like, really good ice cream between. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So I am born and raised from this area. Um, this is a bit of a tough one, but the break on this one is going to be that I love ice cream more than most other things on this planet. So graders is going to be number one. If you haven't tried it, you owe it to yourself to try it. And if you look around, sometimes like a specialty grocery store in your area might actually have it. Really? The closer you get to Cincinnati, the more likely it is to be in a grocery store. Like I found it in Michigan. before. Really excellent French pot style ice cream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two. And I'm a little different than this on Jason. Skyline Chili. And Cincinnati style chili. Skyline is just a franchise that ha- serves a chili. Mm-hmm. I can eat a near infinite amount skyline chili if there was a mug of it sitting here right now i would drink it on this on this stream um but to jason's point there if it's pretty easy there's like one bite too many and it's really easy to get one bite too many whenever you eat it so that's super easy but eat till and you're 80 percent full and then yeah then let and it the third the third because i don't eat a ton of chips i will put grippos there but i'll put that with a caveat that i actually and I might have one right now. I have a jar of Grippo's barbecue dust seasoning, like in my kitchen, and you sprinkle it on other things, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's, it, what's it good on? Uh, I put it on burgers. I put it on popcorn. It's very good on that as well. So I'm gonna rank them this way, but I do have a question since I'm not familiar with any of the three of them. Do they serve pecan praline at Graders? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have <clears throat> that, then that yeah. changes everything. They're, so they're raspberry, raspberry chocolate. Black raspberry chip black, is yeah, their is good. their marquee flavor. Mm-hmm. And it I has love, giant, giant dark chocolate chips in it. Huge. I love cold foods and I love sweet things. So I'm gonna go graters because I think that'd probably be the coldest, then Grippo's barbecue because it'd be less cold, and then Skyline Chili, I'm gonna put third because it's the least cold of the three. That is that is temperature accurate. Okay, good. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting, BJ, because you've got down in New Orleans area, you've got the um, the beignet from, from Cafe Du Monde and others. And it sounds like you want to have as much of the barbecue powder as you have powdered sugar on your beignet. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. I, mean, I am Cincinnati, a chip eater, though. Cincinnati has a lot of local flavors, but if any place has more, it's New Orleans for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Newman? Newman says Cincinnati chili has a jerk seasoning flavor to him. Okay. Does that sound Caribbean jerk? Little? No? Probably not. The chili is based on a Greek recipe. So if you go look up Greek recipes, I forget the exact name of it. You can find something pretty close that is Greek in nature. Mm. I'm willing to try. Does it stay in the recipe that you're essentially playing a push your luck game? (laughs) It is absolutely push your luck. (laughs) Everybody here understands what you're getting into. All right, BJ from Morgan Gumbo. I've got my guests here, Darren and Jason from Dirtle Games, and we're talking spicy hot games. And you guys put one on the list that stumped me. 
yeah. <laughs> and and usually, uh, I don't know when the last time, Steve, that we've had a game to chat yeah. about in the, in the thing where I didn't know anything about this. It's called Rumble Nation. One of you guys got to talk about it because, Darren, that's I don't me. know anything about this game. Yeah, that's me. In fact, this is the brand new deluxe version Ooh, of Rumble nice. Nation. Wow, and you can find this that. in Japan. So two weeks ago, this copy was sitting on a, on a game store shelf in Tokyo. Were you at Tokyo Game Market? No. I definitely was not. Okay. But uh, I ran <laughs> One across One of my dreams, this, by the way. I ran across this locally here in Cincinnati at a game night. Some guy had this copy. Uh, oh, wow. I played it. And uh, it is a just a really excellent, very tight, lightweight area control game. Um, you have uh, 11. You have 11 regions of Japan you're trying to take over. Uh, you roll some dice to help you assign your units out there. You have uh, tactics cards that you can play once per game. And you have a, a Damio if you're playing the deluxe version like I have, which can give you an ability once per game. And you put them all out there, but the resolution is all a cascading effect. So if you win in a low-numbered area, you get a low-numbered amount of points, but you can push your forces into a higher-numbered area. Oh, cool. So as you're playing this relatively lightweight game, you are like looking down the cascade track to try to take the higher and higher numbers. So yeah. uh, it was super slick. I found a way that I could get a copy, and I, I paid too much to uh, to get one here. Oh, yeah. Darren, you're singing my song. I love absolutely love that cascading mechanic there's a game called um quebec i don't know if you've ever played it by Astari games nope. well you're gonna get a chance because uli blenemann from uh spielworks should be announcing something with quebec later this year which is gonna be fun because that game needs a lot more love that cascading mechanic the ability to plan out okay maybe maybe i dump this one i just can't win this one so i might as well just take the next two and i'm just gonna uh, try to get strengthened as much as i can Exactly right. And recently I've played quite a few um, area control games. I've played heavier ones, like multiple heavier ones. And I, when I sit down and play this, I have to ask myself, would I rather play this three times or would I rather play Wonderland's War once? Uh, mm, good point. Short, that's a tough short question, sweet, right? right? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is short, sweet. It is all killer. It is no filler. Uh, I think it's a great base system. If I had the opportunity to like iterate and add another expansion to this, I'd love to do it. We've been playing a game called Awari. Are you familiar with Awari at all? That sounds familiar. Where have I seen it's, that? It's, it's been uh, Han. It's been China. It's been Web of Power before. It's a Microsoft game. And it is out uh, from a French uh, company, uh, Awari. And that's exactly the way you're describing. One of those games where you can play it in 30 or 40 minutes, mm -hmm. but it feels, mm -hmm. you, your brain feels like you just played a two-hour, you know, area control game. Like, it, it, there's there's just so much... I don't like these long three, four, two-hour long area control games because inevitably there's king making or backstabbing or and a lot of people love that. I'm not I'm not actually downing that as a mechanic. It's just not my favorite way to play. But it it doesn't bother me when you're playing just thirty or forty minutes. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, if something bad happens, you set it up and play again. It's a hard sell for from a product perspective. If I'm going to put two hours into something, but I know 45 minutes in that I've probably the king making has already happened, and I'm yeah. probably just a bit player in yep. what is about to play out. It's a hard sell. Like, yep. Mm -hmm. Hey, I recognize Blood Rage, Kimmet, all those games. I recognize the the beauty of those games and how well they're designed and, and how how the they tell a story during the game night. I just I'm out of them by 30 minutes. <laughs> I know there's no way I can win. You know so. Mm -hmm. uh, Evan says, reminds him of small samurai empires. Interesting. I don't know that one. So is it is there a version available in America for people to play? 
There is not yet. Um, your best hope of getting a version is several years ago, there was a version that was released in Europe. And you might be able to find a copy of that. Or mm. I believe you can actually go to Amazon Japan and or get a copy mm. of this here and have it shipped to the US. So. Hmm. so that board looks actually pretty small. It does. It is a it is a decent size. Um, okay. It is not is not super large at all, and um, it does some stuff in like a loose manner. Like when you put your units out there, you just kind of put them in a clump, and then somebody else puts theirs in a clump, and then you just clump things around so you can keep them organized on the board. Is this the deluxe edition that we're looking at right here, or is it is? A, yeah, that's is, the deluxe. Yeah. yeah. Gotta admit, it looks good. Strong, yeah, strong start from Darren. Let's see. That that's a that's a good one. PJ Morgan Go. I've got my guests here, Darren and Jason from Dirtle Games. We're talking spicy hot games. Darren started out with a pretty strong one, but I played this next one and I want to hear what Jason has to think. At least I played this version of it. Jason, I played the sweet and spicy version. I don't know which version you've played before, but tell us about Spicy the card game. I did not play this one. I played one that um, had a lot more foil on it. And But the premise is that it's a small card game that's a, a shedder where everyone has cards. They're in three different suits, one to ten, I believe, and you're just trying to get rid of all of your cards. And, you, and it's very similar to the classic game uh, BS, where you're playing your cards face down and calling out what they are, and then the other players all decide whether to call you on it or not. But the real trick of the game is when you call somebody on it, you call them and you have to predict whether they lied about the suit or the number. So there's a bunch of opportunities to try to figure out which they're lying about to see how you get more points. And it's one of those just like simple, short, a little bit of a little bit of lying, but a little bit of strategy. Um, in the same vein as like cockroach poker and other games like that that I love, that you should just have this in your backpack. Like mm -hmm. it, in in the version that I played with the with the foil was gorgeous. Like the cards were so pretty, I didn't even want to shuffle them. Yeah, I think this is the one you're talking about here. This yeah. I've got it up on the oh. screen. This is spicy. Yeah, so, yeah. Like a suit of like uh, black pepper and one of wasabi and one of gongcheng. I think uh, pepper. I'm saying right, but uh, but yeah, it's just it, beautiful and played great. Well, you're gonna be happy to know that Heidelbar re-released it. They, they're calling it sweet and spicy, and that's the version that I've got up on the screen. So people can actually get this one. Oh, um, there's one little tweak to it the, in the game that you had. There were probably no wild cards. Uh, yeah. No, there were some wild cards. Oh, there were some wild cards? Okay. The, there are wild cards in this particular one that are negative points to you if they're still in your hand. That but, was not the case. But positive points if other people get them. Oh, so... That's good. I like that. You want to play them, of course, but if you play them, you're you're kind of giving good cards to other players. So, the 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 bluffing element. In fact, in the in the green room before the show started, I was telling Steve about it. I said, "This is this is like cockroach poker on steroids." Yeah, it, it oh, really yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad you kind of saw that. Um, it, it's a recommend for me. I, I I like it. Our buddy Jeremy in the in a, our local game group loves this game he, he, he adores the art you know all the little i don't know if you can see it steve but it's funny yeah. little cats you know yeah, it's Just, very cute they're eating the peppers and of course there's flames coming out of his mouth so i think that it's, carla would like that this is right up her ad uh, you know way too many cats there's, there's way too many cats in this game right, <laughs> right? absolutely you do well, need to add the spicy old copy though too look, can i show you one this is the one that always makes us laugh <laughs> this one he eats a lot and then he just tanks yeah. out and falls asleep. That's great. <laughs> he had a bunch of skyline and you know, 
That's exactly the effect the cross, the, skyline cross the line. Oh yeah. my god, they have a video of a cat eating skyline chili. It's gonna it's gonna blow up uh YouTube right here. And this is funny. Yeah, that is uh sweet and spicy. It's a recommend for me. Not one of my favorite games. There's there's shedders that I that I think I'd rather play, but if you like the bluffing and the pointing the fingers and oh no, you can trust me, that's what this is, you know, then you're you're definitely gonna like this game. Oh, that's a good one. Spicy the card game. I like that one. I do want to talk about this particular game. BJ from More Game Gumbo. I've got my guests here, Jason and Darren from Dirtle Games. And when I got approached from uh, Carla Weird Giraffe and Beth about interviewing you guys, I had no idea because I'm, I'm an idiot. I did not realize that y'all were also not just Lauren Logic, which we're going to be talking about right after this, but also the designers of one of my favorite absolute games this year, Tales to Maze. It's Unmatched Adventures. It's got four new characters in the box and a new way of playing it. But I'm, but you guys are the designers, so I'm going to let you describe it. Who wants to talk about what it's like to what it's like to design with Restoration Games and what this game is all about? Yeah. So for those that are uninitiated, Unmatched is a um, head-to-head skirmishing game. You have a miniature, maybe a little token, and you have a deck of 30 cards, and you are attempting to defeat your opponent on, on a board. Um, what Unmatched Adventures is, is you take that hero and you set out on the board with other heroes who are no longer against you. You're now working together to take down a big bad villain and a bunch of little minions that they have running around the board. And the big bad minion in this case is Mothman. And Mothman has his own objectives. And you have to take down Mothman before Mothman takes down the bridges of Point Pleasant. So thematic. Steve, I, I can't tell you how mm-hmm. thematic. You are not pushing... No offense to, to pandemic, right? But you're pushing cubes around, right? Not in this game. You you really feel like Mothman is stalking you. you. He's throwing these little tiny, cute little um, what are they made out of? Like uh, almost like rubberized things. These these little these little moths all over the bridges, and they're stacking up, and you're just feeling the 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 tension, you know, as as the game is going. Plus plus you get four new characters to play. But if I remember right, Jason, you don't have to just play with these four characters. You can play with anything you want. Yeah. Oh wow! There's over 50 uh, characters in Unmatched, I believe, as the last count, and uh, and yeah, they're all uh, interchangeable. So you can fight Mothman with uh, with any of those that you want. So the the system is really modular, and uh, and yeah, it's a blast. The typical Unmatched can be kind of a crunchy heads up uh, zero sum game, and this like gives you that cooperative uh, objective style game with the same rule set. So yeah, it. Uh, an opportunity to play all of the boxes of Unmatched you already had in an entirely different way. And uh, to answer your question, uh, it's great to to work with uh, Restoration Games. Uh, they, they, they've been great. They also have a Kickstarter today. I saw the Thunder Road looks great. So yeah, yeah, played it. they're great. And uh, yeah, it's been a good time. So where did, where did the idea for these four characters come from? I'm going to tell you, I think Annie Christmas is my, is my favorite, even though I'm from Louisiana and I've never heard of her before. She's yeah. fun to play. She is. Um, so originally, when we were putting this set together, before Restoration knew it existed, um, because we assembled this without them knowing, um, <laughs> we were do- we were setting it up as folklore versus cryptid. So we had we had Tall Tales characters as our heroes. Okay. Um, and all of them did not survive, but Annie Christmas did. And I learned about Annie Christmas because Jason just sent me a link to something that was related to John Henry. Okay. I, I started doing research on her. I found out she was a New Orleans Tall Tale. A really great story, uh, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good tales about her, and she just stayed with the system the entire way. And when it came time to, 
you know, talk to restoration of like, what, who do we want in the game? I'm like, I want, I want Annie Christmas in this game. And she made it in. Uh, Nikola Tesla, famous inventor. This is the more fictionalized version of Nikola Tesla Definitely. with his more fanciful inventions. Uh, <laughs> he's, in like case you... steam, he's like a steampunk version of himself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. So uh, he came in late in the game. So we assembled him actually pretty quickly. He came together pretty quickly and he got put into the set. And then as far as uh, Dr. Jill Trent, Science Sleuth and Golden Bat, they came from the restoration side of things. Um, so Dr. Jill Trent is a 1950s comic book hero. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a sidekick, Daisy, and she uses science in a very Batman-style way to take down criminals. And Golden Bat is considered possibly the oldest uh, superhero. So he existed before comic books. So he was in uh, paper theater in Japan uh, in the uh, 19th century. He goes, he goes that far back. And he is still known in Japan. So he is still in media over there, just relatively unknown in the U.S., Steve, all four characters play completely different. Um, if I remember right, uh, the doctor has this uh, the this flipping token, sort of like sort of like Alice. Alice. What's that? Kind of like Alice. Yeah, sort of like Alice. But but the token can either be defensive or it can be attacky. If I remember right, is that right, Jason? Yeah. That is right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a gadget. So it's either um, it's either like a heal, a heal gadget or a, or do more damage gadget that she can fight with when she attacks. So it's not quite as, as like, you know, form changing as Alice, but it, it gives you a little little fun efficiencies. And the Golden Bat is kind of a solo person, if I remember right. Because I, I played the Golden Bat a couple of times. As yeah, I the Golden Bat just stand, stands his ground. And if, if uh, you approach Golden Bat, you're in for a, for a bad time. And even if you don't approach, he's still going to be very Man of Steel-esque uh, and laughing the entire time, cackling like Skeletor, uh, pretty great character. Yeah, we, we had the opportunity to, to pitch, I think, four characters and two of them got chosen and then the other two came from the from the restoration team. But all, all told, it made a great pairing and we've, we've loved the way, not only have they played great casually, but there's also like a really good competitive scene and all of these characters are making a splash in terms of like what their power level is. Uh, and the and the, you know how fun they play against like all of the other uh, unmatched has been released. It's been great. Steve, I've only played I've played the game five times, and I've only mm-hmm. played the Mothman. I have not played, but there is another villain. Uh, I just call it the alien. I don't know. I don't know what the official term is. Martian invaders. The Martian invaders. Yeah, and as you can see, the Martian invaders has this cool. Like, can you see that on the screen? He's got this yeah, cool little uh, thing that that does that. But I want to draw your attention to whoever came up with the headline for my review. Rolling dice gather no moth. That's good. I yeah, I, I'm a sucker for for puns and. and Come on, that's Steve. putting it mildly, but yes, Jason is. <laughs> Come uh, on, Steve. Rolling dice gather no moth. All right, it's solid. Yep, uh, it's going. It's a uh, gumbo. It's top six uh, game of the year for me. I just, I just, I adored it. I played it. I just haven't played the alien yet because I have so much fun playing the moth. So, uh, at some point, I want to play that. Do we have any gumbo scoop? Do, is there anything else you can talk about with this? Because it just seems ready-made for expansions. Would you would you like an unmatched adventures too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there's gonna be one. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's not a shocker with the uh, with restoration games to figure out that they're going they're going to put them on. I, I'm, I'm, it sounds to me like Justin has said that the the set did really well. You know, kind of what they wanted to do. So. And it's and it's such a fun way to play. Plus, it introduces four new characters that you can use on any other map if you want, or you can bring in, you know, um, 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't. Even, I don't. I'm not even sure if I've played every single one of the the minions yet. I've, we've got to say this, Steve, but there's a whole host of minions that 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 work with the main villain that you're playing. In fact, one of them. Uh, is it true? Did Jake tell us that one of them is from actually Ohio? Is that right? It is. Yeah. So when we when we put it together, it was all cryptids. And of course, we had to put in our local cryptids. So Mothman came in because Jason is originally from West Virginia. Okay. And I put in the Loveland Frogman, which if you don't know, Loveland is just right next to Cincinnati. It's on uh, it's on a river called the Little Miami River. And I have heard about Frogman forever. Um, he's like uh, a little mascot of Loveland, Ohio. So when it came time to uh, which cryptids do we want in the game, I said, "Oh, we need to put we need to put Frogman in there. He needs to be in the game." Gorgeous artwork as usual. A bunch of these little uh, minions. I'm, I'm trying to remember all the ones that are in there. There, the, there's one that does the little slime thing, right? Yep. The blob. So there, there's the, the blob, blob from the classic movies. There's sure. giant ant from classic movies and a giant right. tarantula. And then on the cryptid side, there's the Jersey Devil, uh, Skunk Ape, which is a Florida-style Bigfoot, and the Loveland Frog. Well, if you listen to Secret Ball at all, <laughs> you've heard all of these names many times when Steve and Jamie start talking about their favorite their favorite topic du jour, cryptids. So it's it's nice to actually see these in action with uh, with the unmatched system. Kudos to you guys! It's a fantastic it's a fantastic system. You guys did really good to well. hear the two is on the way. Also, yeah. I mean, that is just fantastic. BJ from Morgan Gumball. I've got my guests in here, Jason and Darren from Dirtle Games. We've been talking spicy hot games, but we got to get to the game of the night. And that's a game that's out on Kickstarter right now from Weird Giraffe Games. It's a game that Dirtle Games uh, pitched to, to Carla. She signed, and it's on Kickstarter. It's already funded. It's a two-player game, but I didn't design it. I'm going to let these guys talk about logic and lore. But before you do that, I want to tell Steve, Steve, this artwork was done by Jason. This is absolutely gorgeous artwork. Nice job, Jason. Thank you. So tell us about logic and lore. Darren, I'll let you go with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do the pitch. Logic and lore is a two-player deduction game, which is very simple. You have nine cards. They are numbered one through nine, and they are face down in front of you. You have to put the nine cards in order with the one on one side and the nine on the other side but you'll never get to look at the faces of these cards. You'll have to use questions and create some uh, logical links between the cards to get them in the correct order. And uh, when you think you have them in the correct order, uh, you'll be able to reveal the remaining face down cards and see if you win the game. Yeah. yeah, the primary loop of the game is that you take two of your face down cards and you just pick them, pick them up and you ask some questions to your opponent about them while they see them and while you don't. And then you put them through back down and then maybe you rearrange them and you know every time you get one in the correct position it flips over uh, face up forever and then you get closer and closer and closer but one of the key aspects of the game is at any time at the start of your turn you can just risk it all and you can say these are all right and i'm going to flip over all of them if they're all right you win the game if any of them are wrong you lose so mm -hmm. there's a fun hail mary in the game but also you get to watch your opponent and how close they are so there's always a moment in every game where you think should I risk it all? I'm just pushing the chips in because if I don't, they're going to win it anyway, right? Exactly, yeah. My favorite moment in Can't Stop, the other player already has two of them locked in. You you just have to – that's it. I have to go all the way and just keep rolling because if I don't – You're rolling six, seven, and eight. 
yeah, Steve's going to win. Steve's going to win next time because he's so close on the eight anyway. I'm, I might as well just, you know, go for broke. So uh, there's always that Hail Mary, as you said, to try to come back in. Where, where's the genesis of this? Where did, what is the genesis of this idea? Where did it come from? It came from Darren. Uh, Darren came to breakfast at uh, Gen Con uh, several years ago. And here, here's one through seven. Uh, can we just get players to try to order these without looking at them? And can, can this be a game? So it was a prompt that he had just kind of out of nowhere. And it took us a few years to come up with a few ways to, to get it to work. But it was such a simple idea that like just getting some numbers in order, how, how could you possibly do that? That when we found like the deduction and the like almost like competitive Hanabi style play yeah. really started to sing. And, uh, and yeah. We, I was like, just thinking exactly that competitive Hanabi with the yep. mind yes. in some way, you, you, yep. you, you know. And originally we started with seven cards because we're like, well, people can hold seven numbers in their mind, right? And then we said, well, that, that cascades a little too quickly. So let's stretch it out to nine. Let's give people some tracking tokens so they can keep track of stuff that they've learned as they play. And then uh, a little later on, we thought, well, we're giving people four questions to ask. What if they could pick the questions they wanted to ask? Mm. So we came up with the star bright mm -hmm. version of the game where now you're actually drafting questions. So uh, on the screen, you'll see the dragon tokens. And you'll use those to draft a question. And like you you take that question momentarily and you keep that away from your opponent. So if there's something you want to know, you grab that question. And if you think there's something that they might want to know, maybe you take that question away from them. Oh, that is yeah. interesting. You, you fight over that center row. So only one token can be there at a time. So then, yeah, it's almost like an area control version of a deduction puzzle. And then every time you get things right, you lose some of your tokens. So you're the opponent has an opportunity to take over some of your favorite questions. And uh, there's a really cool like push and pull yeah. and uh, it, it like creates a, a crunchier version of the game. So that, yeah, what we described initially was the starlight. And then what we just described there is the star bright system. So really you, you have two ways to play some, uh, Casual gamers are going to like only playing the Starlight forever, and it's going to be a great experience for them. And then um, for folks that want more of a, either a, a challenge or just a little bit uh, crunchier experience, they can get it from mm -hmm. the Starlight. And we, we have a few different ways that it escalates. In addition to that, we also have black hole cards that players can have, almost like a handicap, where uh, where one of your cards is a negative source of information. It just never returns yes. And you don't know which one got removed. So uh, often when you have one player that's very good at deduction versus maybe someone that they often game with that's not as good at deduction, you give a black hole to the um, to the player who's more familiar. And then all of a sudden the game is very even. So there's a lot of opportunities to play with folks that have different different skill levels. So I, I play a bunch with my, my children and I you know I start with one or, or two black holes and the games are real close and, and they're great well you don't see really, that too often go ahead no it makes for a really great gaming experience and that's one thing it's really hard to describe is the vibe of the game it's uh deliberate and meditative um you'll be asking your questions you'll be thinking about it you are in competition with your opponent but you're not adversarial with them because you're watching what they're doing you know how close that they are getting mm -hmm. And when you answer your questions, you must be honest because you're a facilitator of their puzzle. You're not necessarily their adversary in the game. Mm. Reese wants to know, what is the earliest that either one of you have seen someone win at Logic and Lore? Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah, because you can win or lose on the first turn if you were to, to take the risk. <laughs> if and you're I feeling bossy, yeah. I know that I've seen my, my seven-year-old at the time uh, lose on the first turn. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I, I want to do something else now. <laughs> Fair. 
it's as it's not in that case it's not a hail mary it's a it's a pull an exit an emergency exit switch it is yeah. <laughs> as the game goes on um the first question you ask on every one of your turns is are the cards aligned the two you're holding up like are these in the right spots and the person points to the ones if they are and if they are you put them down face up so if we track time that way i have seen somebody win with five face down cards wow where they've said i think i've got this and they just ding, 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 right down the line, and they won it. Mm. Hmm. And yeah, those are some great moments. I've also seen those those moments uh, happen when there's an audience. This is like a strange deduction game that's a two-player game that is very crowd-friendly. Because as you watch, you get to see how close the other players are, and you get to walk around the table and see how close and how they're making silly mistakes. Sometimes when they haven't like deduced it just perfect, you're like, I, I would do that better. Yeah. And and uh, and then that moment where they risk it and everyone's watching those reveals. Yeah, it's uh, really... I've, I've played this with family. I saw my wife's uncle, who is 74, playing it and his wife who's also in her 70s sitting behind him and she was reasoning things out with him because she was seeing exactly what he was seeing sure she doesn't see the face of the cards and they're both kind of playing together of course he's playing with the backseat driver but you know they're <laughs> both, they're all involved <laughs> right tell, tell me about the dragon tokens the, in this project carla's offering like an upgrade is that right i I don't know if it's a it's a it's an add-on, and I'm, it's not so much an upgrade as just like a wealth, a horde of dragons. So you can, in addition to the dragons that come in the game as like one of the game components, she's also uh, offering the horde of dragon meeples, where those dragon designs are now in a bunch of different colors, and there's 20 of each of them. And so she also has a product of like way too many cats where there's just like a ton of cat meeples. This is the dragon equivalent. They're like, if you want 140 dragon meeples, this is where you should go. Oh my God. Okay. So many. There will be, be 14 in the box and you can do the add-on to get all the different colors and stuff. So oh, if you have a favorite color of dragon, this is how you'll get it. Oh, I know people are going to do that. So the, you can use it for all kinds of games, like the Rumble Nation, Darren, you should be using dragon. dragon fight, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. As you can see, the game is relatively inexpensive. Nineteen bucks will get you the uh, the base game. You can even get the print and play if you want for only eight bucks. But I mean, you've got some add-ons. You can play Wicked and Wise, which we've done. That's for Tessa's game, which we, which we really enjoyed. The strangest uh, game that I've ever had, where one person's the mouse, one person's the dragon, and you have completely different po powers where you're playing partners. That's such a good game. You can get the playmats if you want, but there they are. I I guess I misread this, Steve. I thought it was just an upgrade of like better dragon meeples for the game. No, there's seven dragons and twenty of each color. I totally missed that. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. is a lot of dragon. That that is that is a. I got an opportunity to design uh, meeples for the first time. So thank you, Carla. That was a, that was. Well, that's cool. <laughs> are y'all working I with? Hide them around your friend's house and don't tell them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Seven. So you got to design all seven of the uh, dragons. Yeah. And did the uh, box cover artwork? Yes, and the uh, graphic design and uh, um, playmat. Yeah, and the playmat. So I get to do a lot of the uh, um, visual lifting for this. So it was a really, really great opportunity. So really thank Carla for uh, for letting me uh, for letting me do that stuff because yeah, it's been a. BJ, can you make can you make the video on the meeples or the image of the meeples take up closer to full screen so people can see those seven different ones? I don't think I can. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. 
Don't That's really sense. interesting how you were thinking. What was your thought process in see. trying to design them so they really did pop and stand out differently? How about there that? You go. That's yeah. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. I mean, tell, um, tell us about them. Definitely. Well, we want a little bit of a different personality um, with each. But visually, first, you want like the silhouettes to be different. So mm -hmm. you should also be able to like either squint or without the um, the screen printer, how, however the, the image is, to like tell which ones. And then within them, just try to look for like some iconic. Uh, dragon moments like this is one that would be breathing fire this one was a little a little sleepy this one's surprise so almost like seven dwarf style of uh of uh, you know coming up with uh you know just fun different versions and i really hope that sometime like somebody makes some nicknames for them and <laughs> you can totally do sleepy fiery hoardy <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that's why we call them the name father jason so how many do you actually need for the game the, for the, the game itself, each player has seven because it helps control the seven um, potentially like conquerable um, questions in the center. So for the for the primary game, it's like it's mm -hmm. seven in two different colors. So it's not a bunch of colors of the same design, but instead it's two different colors of each of the designs. So all of the all of the same like arts and styles are in there, but the colors are different in the Horde of Dragons product. Mm -hmm. It is. In the universe, so I see the mice from from Wicked and Wise. How, what what was the game originally? Was it about? Uh, and and uh, by the way, I love the touch, Jason, where you've got you've got the Draco um, uh, constellation up in the sky. That's nice touch, man. It's so great you caught that. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I, 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 the only reason I caught it because someone posted it on Twitter today. So that was uh, I guess that was you, Jason, posting the original yeah. artwork. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. I, I just didn't pick that up. How how did that uh, did it mesh well as trying to go into that universe? Is that some something you guys were you know excited about? It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, originally, the game was called Constellet, which is a French word which means starry or sprinkled about. It's a lesser used French word. I had it verified by one French speaker. Okay, um, I don't know it. <laughs> and the game was always based around uh, moon phases. So I don't know if we have a picture of the card art uh, here on the display. But you'll notice on the cards in the center of the card, they all have a moon phase. And what you do is you go from new new moon, you wax to full, and then wane back down to new, which then gives us nine cards. Hmm. How does that work? <laughs> uh, see if you can find a picture of all the um, cards face up. Like, oh, no, this is yeah. face down. Huh? Okay, yeah. let's see. So generally, the initial theme was celestial and, like, the arrangement of stars. And, oh, I see them now. Okay. And that the, and that the stars were jumbled, and you kind of have this, like, esoteric, like, abstract task of can you can you align the the, plant, the heavenly bodies? Um, so when Constellet was our primary theme, that's where we're going. And then when, when Carla had the idea that actually this is pretty close to the the, the feeling of like mice and kind of stellar dragons like that does that 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 fits in a nice way like with most abstract games you don't need a, a, a ton of theme so just a right. little bit of like you know yeah. sprinkle of uh, a fun little, little theme powder exactly yeah. And, and yeah in this world the players are kind of are kind of the mice or, or or using it and the dragons are going out to like get the different questions that are in the center so there's a um you know definitely a framing device there for them but we think that like visually it came together pretty well. Hmm. I'm impressed. This looks a lot of fun. I've actually got a copy of the game right here. Logic and lore came in the mail today from Carla. Thank you, uh, Carla, for sending it out. So I'm going to try to get that played this week. Small box, not going to take up a lot of, a lot in your uh, collection. You don't need a whole Calyx for this thing. It's just, it fits in your hand. 
So I can't wait uh, to get that played. That is out on Kickstarter right now. Steve's been posting the, uh, link. the link again. Yep, been posting the link. Make sure everybody checks out. It's already funded, so you know it's going to uh, come through. This is like Carla's 14th or 15th project. She's delivered them all right about on time. Uh, that's one of the things that I love about Weird Draft. Oh, what do we? Oh, there's the those bigger versions of the cards, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, all they're, the cards are tarot sized. Tarot sized cards, so they're pretty significant when you place them up. You know, that's actually just a functional choice too, where you don't want to accidentally flip over a card and have it um, have it land the wrong way. So larger cards just made for less mistakes. Well, I did not realize because I didn't get that far in the package. It literally came in this afternoon. But yeah, yep. these cards are huge. Wow. Yep. Nice. And there's one of the black hole cards that you can see, as well as you can Is see. Is that the, the black hole card right here? The, yeah, yes. they're multiple. Because sometimes when you're playing with two, you still need one to be greater than the other one. So okay. sometimes you can have like a greater and like a super massive black hole. And so yeah, it's a. Uh, Jason, yeah. I'm getting the feeling that you had a lot of fun designing these cards. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was a labor of love, and you know Darren and Carla and like. Very nice. All right. So that is Logic and Lore. Out on Kickstarter right now. Check it out the, the link there. It's already funded from Kickstarter. 19 bucks plus very, very low shipping. And that will get you that. So, guys, this is a board game show. And you know what that means, right? Any idea? Um, let's play a game. We got to play a game, play game, right? Let's play a game. Normally, this is Steve's part. Um, but I did a game that we tested out a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> I guess that was with, with uh, DJ Bell. Yes. Uh, to That was that was a test. To mix that, that was a test. <laughs> to mixed okay. reviews. So this is, a, <laughs> this is a bigger version of that game. Uh I went back to the drawing board because I might have I might have run the shtick a little bit. You know, I, I kept the wagon wheels until they fell off. <clears throat> this is called the Who Said That Game. And, and one of the reasons why I picked this, Steve, oh, you know what? I bet Steve doesn't know, but these guys would probably know one of the reasons why I picked Who Said That as a game for you two guys. Any ideas? You're not, you're not going to quote things we've said in the past, have you? Potentially, but both the Saints and <laughs> the Bengals have a, have a chant. Oh, the who do they? They oh, both they say do. who yes, that. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Who day and who that, right? Or yeah. Who day and who that. Right. We say who that. Who that? Who that? Who who that? Who's who's gonna beat them Saints? So uh, I said, well, that's perfect. We'll do the who who said that game. So all this ga this game is very simple. We get we get to play with the chat crew. We get to play with everybody. I'm gonna give you a quote, and all you guys have to do is figure out who said it. If you figure it out, it's three points. Okay. If I have to give you a hint, and frankly, I'll probably have to give you a hint on every single one of them. But if I have to give you a hint, then you only get one point. But that's okay. Steve will keep track of the points and, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to drop that in here. I'm going to just add to the, the text. All right. So here's the first one. Are you guys ready? Do you understand the rules of the game? I throw out a quote. You guys try to figure out, you get, you got to try to figure out who said it. If you can't get it within a second or two, then I'll give you a hint about who it is. Basically, I'll give you two choices. I'll say it could be this person or that person, mm -hmm. and then you'll pick from them. Gotcha. Is this, yep. is this board? Am I trying to be Jason? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the first one. Ready? Okay. Yep. Quote, who said that? I don't enjoy, nor am I particularly good at, mechanics in a vacuum. It's all very dry and formless <laughs> unless I know what I want the experience to be. Now, every single person on this list has some kind of connection to Dirtle Games in some fashion. 
maybe pretty extenuated, but we'll I, th- I think that sounds like a Rob Davio. Yeah. Oh my God. Rob he got three points off the bat. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> wow. Ber- Berla knows me well. Taylor Swift would have been a very good choice. So <laughs> my choices were Rob Davio or Julius Caesar, but I didn't even have to go that far, Steve, because he got it right away. That was Darren. Yes. Okay. How did you pick that up right away? Have you heard him say that before or just um, sounds well, like him? We have talked to Rob a little bit in the past and, um, he incorporates elements of theme into his games and he often I will start with theme and go to mechanics, which is nice. Cause I do this similar thing. Um, so it, it felt like something he would say. That's the first three pointer in this game so far. Of course, oh, yeah. it's the second time we play it, but <clears throat> all right, ready. So Jason, here's your chance for a comeback. Come on now. All right. The center of all of my enjoyments is my home with my wife and children. I have no wish to wander. Who could that be? Who said that? Who said that? All right. Sounds like I've stumped you guys. Need a little hint? It could be either Justin D. Jacobson or Cincinnatus. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Justin G. Jacobson is the Cincinnatus of board gaming. Yep. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Jack Crew, come on, try to steal it from him if you guys can get it. I think it's, it's Cincinnatus. Cincinnatus, you say, Jason? <laughs> what about you, Darren? You, you agree with me? I'll, I'll say the opposite. I'll say uh, Justin Jacobson. It is Cincinnatus. Yeah. Cincinnatus. Uh, Steve, have you figured out why I picked Cincinnati on this one? Yeah, I got I, I gathered. Yes. <laughs> Big George, yeah. George Washington fan. That's why. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They were right, actually, we go. They were actually crossing the Delaware for skyline. They were going the wrong direction. Right, they went right. to Jersey. They should have been going toward Ohio. All right. Question number three. So we got, uh, we got three points for. What's it with the hint? Is it one point with the hint? Yeah. One point. Only one point with the hint. Yeah. Okay. You got to get it before that. Like, uh, like got Darren it. did. <clears throat> I don't need a friend who changes when I change and who nods when I nod. Who said that? I don't need a friend who changes when I change and who nods when I nod. Chat crew, come on. You guys got to figure out some of these. All right. I'm guessing that you guys don't have it. So it's either. Can I take a stab at this one? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Knowing that we're talking about thematic connections to these guys i'm going to say venus flytrap oh close close uh it's either who said that darren reckner or plutarch <laughs> and, and both of those guys, both of those guys are typically talked about in coffee shops right you know i was thinking about darren is a plutarch of Cincinnati, so i'm gonna claim that <laughs> yeah um, I will deny that I have said that, so I will give that one to Plutarch. <laughs> okay, I think they both get a point for that one. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Okay, all right. I thought I would snub you all on that one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Number four. If you have a good steak, you don't need a one sauce. Who said that? If you have a good steak, you don't need a one sauce. Is that? Is that the Cincinnati restaurant tour? I was saying, is that like Bobby Flay or something? <laughs> no, is that <laughs> a Jeff Ruby quote? Oh, what's the oh? It's not Beth Jackson. Close, close. All right. I'm gonna give a hint, you think? Give a hint. Sure. Here's your hint. If you have good steak, you don't need A1 sauce. It's either Rob Davio 
or Joe Burrow. <laughs> By the way, Burrow is spelled B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X. I don't know why you guys keep misspelling it there, but <laughs> if it was a salivating quote, I would guess Jason. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a nice story behind that. <laughs> I will give that one to uh to I'll give that one to Joey Joey Burr. Joey B? Yep. So he says Joey B. Jason, what do you say? Uh, Joey Burr. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Sure. Steve? Yeah, follow. All right. It is Joe Burrow. All right. The man himself, Joe Burrow. If you have good steak, you don't need A1 sauce. By the way, did you get the connection why I picked Joe Burrow? On this oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, LSU, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably the best college team ever. Yeah, 2019. All right, number five. I don't play online games. Warcraft, I've played that, but I mainly play action games. Who said that? Connection to you guys, by the way. That's the hardest part of all of these. I would have guesses, if, but all of my guesses have no connection. So I'm like, oh no. I may have so, stretched it with Plutarch a little bit, but a little bit. That that is the only one. The rest of this, these will this all be connected. This was Cincinnati's too. <laughs> So, no, I, so I'm thinking of restoration designers, and I know Ryan definitely would play games online. I don't play online games. Warcraft, I've played that, but I mainly play action games. I think it's Justin Jacobson. Who said that? The clue is Justin D. Jacobson or Steven Spielberg. Come on, Reese. Come on. 2019. It's not even close. 2019. I think uh, Jason got it with the. I think, uh, I think he did. He's going to get three for it, probably. Yep. I think it is it. Steven Spielberg. Really? Yep. I could not believe that. What's his connection to Ohio, Steve? I got nothing. He's from uh, Cincinnati. Oh, is Spielberg from Ohio? From yep. Cincinnati? Wow. Supposedly. Really? I, I didn't know gets, that. The internet he never, never gets lost. mentioned. Yep. He's so that's got a big guy zero for everybody. Yep. Yeah. All right, number number six. Turtles, don't be afraid to take risks and step outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Connection to you guys. That was Oprah, right? Is that Jerry Springer? <laughs> oh, that would have been a good one. Ooh, that Jerry that's Springer. a good one. He, he was the mayor of Cincinnati, right? He was. One of those towns? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. He, uh, he passed recently, yeah. yeah. We actually... we. Weird thing about Jerry Springer, he's one of the reasons our museum center is still standing here, Union Terminal. What, yep. What 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 what's his uh, connection to that? Uh, well, the the center was uh, the museum center was our previous train station. It was possibly going to get demolished in the '80s, late '70s, and he led a group to uh, save the Union Terminal. There's a song on the internet he wrote and sang. You can listen to it. Wow, hmm. I did not know that. Yep. I and then there's the rest of his life. Yeah, and then the rest of his work, right? <laughs> yes. All right, so let's give you a hint. Who said that? Don't be afraid to take risks and step outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. It's not Taylor Swift, but it could be Sarah Jessica Parker or Suzanne Sheldon. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I want, that sounds like Suzanne could have said that. I believe it. So <laughs> say Sarah Jessica Parker. I'll say Sarah Jason, Jessica Parker. Jason too. says Suze. The other two say Sarah. It is exactly something Suze would say, but it was Sarah Jessica Parker who said it. So, yeah. Connection. Anybody knows Sarah Jessica Parker? Connection. Another Ohio resident. Supposedly. 
I mean, the internet doesn't lie, right? No. All right, not. All right number seven. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, and I believe in letting the other guy lose. Oh, that, that sounds like Vince Lombardi, and I'm hoping you know I'm a Packers fan. I'm going to go Vince. I didn't know that. No, okay. I did not know that. That would have been that would have been a good guess. But for some reason, you're not that far off. All right, I'll give you a hint. Who said that? Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, and I believe in letting the other guy lose. Is it the king of the TCG, Jason Hager, two-player card games, or Pete Rose? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that one to Pete Rose. I was Come actually, on, that's I, something Jason I would say. I, 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 I guess in Pete because Rose. of him saying it. <laughs> I I actually watched a couple of interviews with Jason Hager, and that's he said versions of that in some of these interviews talking about TCGs, Jason. So uh that is Pete Rose that said it though. Uh do we give him a point for each one of them, Steve? I think okay. everybody does everybody get one on that? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. This next one, I got to set it up. When talking about the way a game was played, the person said, it's a compliment, but frustrating as hell. Who said that? The way a game was played. It's a compliment, but frustrating as hell. Mm -hmm. Need a hint? Um, I'm going to go out on a, on a wall here and just say that that's something that Carla Coppa said. Mm. You know, I could have gone back to the show archive, Steve, and I probably could have gotten a good quote from Carla. Good, good funny yeah. quote. Yeah. I, I think she's been on the show more than anybody else, but it is between who said that? It's a compliment, but frustrating as hell. It's either Jamar Chase or Taylor Swift. Because you know, I had to throw Taylor Swift in that, right? <laughs> Oh, and that's got to be that's got to be a Jamar Chase because it has to yeah. be um, about coverage in the secondary where they're doubling him or mm -hmm. him, and as a result, it's it you know is frustrating. So. Chase has got it. That's exactly what it was. They were doubling him after a game, and he was like, "It's a compliment, but it's frustrating as hell." He's a quote machine. Jamar Chase is a quote machine, by the way. All right, last one, last one. What do we got on the scores? I think we all had Jamar Chase on that one, and that was with hints. So I'm just going to do a little bit of adding up. Let me just okay. do some, and let me add that one in. And, and we got to know this because this is going to be a speed one. I'm going to say it, and Steve, you're not allowed to guess on this one. <laughs> I'm already losing terribly. <laughs> it's going to be a speed one between Jason and Darren. I want to see who's going to win this. And this is that that huh? first one okay. was tough. For the first getting of three points is going to be tough to overcome. So okay. it might come down to this shot. All right, here we go. Ready? Speed one. Last one of the night. This is the Who Said That game with our friends from Dirtle Games. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. That was from the WKRB Thanksgiving episode. But who said it? Who, who, said it? who said that? I don't remember who said it. I don't remember the name of the actor. Oh, Steve, you might get this oh, one. Oh, I can take this one? Well, I was going to give them a chance, but if they don't pick it up. Episode was before my time. I, I've like, watched it the last few years, but I couldn't name it. Yeah, you could be born yesterday, and that thing is on YouTube so often. I've oh, I've, yeah. I've I've met fifteen year olds that know this quote, and I'm like, how do they know this quote? 
That's great. All right, give it to us, Steve. Who oh, was it? Was the big, it was the big guy, and the actor was Gordon Jump. It was Gordon Mr. Jump, and it's Mr. Carlson, Arthur Carlson, the big guy. Mm-hmm. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> I always remembered it being um, what's his name. Um, you would have thought it would have been less because he was out there at the at the he was calling it at the as the news guy. But his quote was uh the oh the humanity. Oh yes. the humanity. <laughs> All right, that is that is the who said that game. You guys were good sports for playing that. It's presented by our friends at Game Toppers LLC. Don't forget, make your game nights a showstopper when you play on a game topper. Uh, that is Berkey, our buddies over there. All right, board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. I had a blast talking to, you, to Jason and Darren. Congratulations on that project from uh, Logic and Lore. If people want to know more about Dirtle Games, or they want to know more about Logic and Lore, or any of the other games like Unmatched uh, Adventures, how do they get in touch with you guys? Sure, we have a website, dirtlegames.com. Uh, we keep um, current projects that we're working on, and we have a blog that we update on a semi-regular basis. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have an account there that's pretty active. We have uh, a X account, which is not active, which <laughs> guess who manages that one? Yeah. And then if you would like to get in on some playtesting that we're doing, we have a Discord channel where all our dirtlers hang out. And about once a week, twice a week, we will ask for people to jump in on playtests. And uh, we love our dirtlers. So if hey, you're check interested you in guys play play testing. Yeah, make sure you jump in there. You guys are looking for playtests, right? Yep, yep. Always. The, the X the X account is spelled EX. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash boardgamegumbo, and our YouTube channel or our Twitch channel. It helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming shows. Next week, we're back in the Gumbo Pod on Twitch. We'll be playing your games live on TV. I'm on uh, twitch.tv. I'm hoping it's going to be Rats of Wistar if Jeremy can bring that in. Uh, Because I've played it before. He's got to learn it. But Steve, the week after that, we have uh, another guest lined up. Yeah, I I think if if we're locked in with this, I think we've got for the 12th, we have Ben Hammer, who is the designer of We All Take From the River. Well, thanks a lot, Jason and Darren. This was a blast talking to you guys and good luck with the project. And for the chat crew, for Steve, for Jan- for Darren, and for Jason, and of course, for Verla, the board game ambassador who is running the chat for us tonight, I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Until next time, les élèves, on